Hey, Real Nerds listeners, there's many ways you can interact with the Real Nerds podcast. You can email us at realnerds at gmail.com. You can hit us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You want to check us on Facebook? You can just look for Real Nerds Podcast. You want to leave us a voicemail? Just call 720-6NERDS5. You want to listen to our episodes? You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Camera action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, officially your official podcast for all your movie needs. I am Ryan, and I'm joined with Brad. Hey. How's it going, buddy? Uh, just, you know, work. Yep. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> I've been dreading Instacarting, <laughs> you know, for Thanksgiving, <laughs> and it has not uh, disappointed is it busy and people are really understanding and they like totally hook you up with tips and stuff. And <laughs> it's like a warm hug every time you do a delivery. Totally. That's it. That's the exact description of what I'm going through. You know, I had a feeling that's exactly how it was going to go. No, it's, it's more like, uh, Hey, this thing's out of stock. This thing's out of stock. Yeah. You waited till uh, two days before <laughs> Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah. to get it. Of course it's out of stock. And it, it, there's a lot of things that I'll, you know, tell the customers out of stock and then my next batch, it'll be at the next store. You're just like, why can't they have the same stuff all the time? <laughs> that's too that's too uh, easy, my friend. Yeah. How you doing? Yeah, you know, work. Nothing <laughs> that exciting. So I tell them I like, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I usually don't work Tuesdays, but uh, one of my coworkers is going to some metal show, and she asked if I'd work her shift today, so I said, sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we had a delicious meal presented to us by The Menu. Stay tuned, because we'll tell you if we recommend the film or not, and then uh, review it, and spoil it, and talk about it. We also talk about the big movie news of the week, and... The one thing we recommend that you should watch or read or whatever you want it to be, you know, I, I'm not, um, I, I'm not strict on that part yet <laughs> because it's really only been you and I for the last like month. So, yeah, that's that's what's cool about the show is it's, it's flexible. When people need their time, we give it to them and we keep yeah. on rolling up uh, regardless. That's what we do. That's what we do. Um, so yeah, I, I like your, uh, poster for your short film you made. Thanks. It's very, uh, Herbert Westy. <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. That's, that's, yeah, everyone who's familiar with reanimators picked up on it. So I but did not uh... intend it, but it, it, <laughs> it, you know, I, I can see myself vaguely appropriating it. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the logo's cool. I like the little leaf you 
put on the font. Thanks. I actually thought about a really cool uh, t-shirt design today, too, so hopefully I'll get that made. Nice. Usually usually not Four Points t-shirts. Yeah. So, yeah, make sure you stay tuned for that, then. Printing it is another story. (laughs) (laughs) I have $300, $400 lying around for 12 shirts. Why not? Yeah, you know, I just spent a decade throwing a bunch of shirt purchases on my credit card like that that I never paid off, so now I'm paying for it. Well, you didn't win the Powerball? I didn't. Did you? Oh, I did, but I'm just oh. not telling telling anybody, and I'm still living my life as... <laughs> not um, smart. Yeah, definitely, like, yeah, put your life on the line as a police officer instead of just enjoying that money. Yeah, no, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> if that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you don't want your family members coming in and trying to grift you for everything you got, right? <laughs> or, or, or your podcast friends, you don't want them to know. Yeah, that's really hit, what it is. I don't. They, want... they, they would just hit you up for uh, Blu-ray and T-shirt printing. Yep, that's all they would want. I was like, God, that's all I am for you guys. I'm just a goddamn ATM. Come on, Ryan, you have a billion dollars. You can give me three hundred dollars <laughs> to print some shirts for a movie you didn't participate in, right? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's that. Uh, like, man. Could you imagine winning $1.5 billion? I can't imagine it. It's the only time I'll ever experience it is imagining it. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, did you see who won it? Uh, I just uh, heard it was some guy in California. Yeah. It's uh, the father-in-law of a uh, former Denver Bronco. <laughs> rich only get richer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess you have to play though. I never really play it. So I guess that's a problem. Well, I feel like by the time I ever win, I will probably have spent a million dollars trying to play it. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm not a good gambler. When I was in Vegas, I, I didn't even play this last time. And I don't know, I just, I've just never been into it. Have you ever been into gambling? No, I mean, once or twice, like when I first you know, went to Blackhawk or something, I was like, oh, cool, we'll slot machines or whatever. But it's, you know, like when, when you lose really quickly, it, it kind of, yeah, it turns me off to like, hmm. As someone who doesn't have a ton of disposable money, like it's just like, oh, I could have spent this somewhere else, something more meaningful. So yeah, I just yeah, it's the funny thing too is I don't play the right way. Well, people tell me because I only do the minimum bet, so every time I win, it's not how I'm supposed to win. And but then it makes you know the thirty forty dollars I put in the machine go a little further hmm. because I'm not for the you know spending three four dollars every time you push a button i'm more of the 50 cents every time i push it yeah that stuff adds up i'd rather you know i don't want to look back and say i I blew 20 bucks uh, you know in a slot machine rather than spend 20 bucks at like a movie ticket or something yeah or you know i got wally 4k today i think that's worth more oh man that's another thing that pisses me off about today (laughs) i had mine uh like um ordered but I have to pick it up in Aurora because so few Barnes Nobles around here actually have it in stock in store. And I missed like my window to go get it because of an order I was on. Oh, damn. You didn't order off Amazon? No, I did the Barnes Noble 50% off. Did you? Are they doing that I same did. thing on Amazon? Uh, yeah, I got it for $25. Poor K. <laughs> <laughs> I was like up late last night trying to get like a, a store 
in the Denver area to have it so I could go pick it up. And yeah, Amazon never crossed my mind because I thought it was a Barnes and Noble sale. So you have to be, well, some of the criterions on Amazon will not be half off, but a lot of times the new ones will be. So um, just always remember if there's a criterion you want in July or November, um, check Amazon first. Well, because I'll try to remember that six months from now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ordered it anyways because um, I wanted to make sure I had it. And I mean, the packaging is beautiful. So is it the plastic case or the paper case? It's paper. Nice. It's really thick too. I think there's like three or four discs. I, um, I think it, maybe it's three discs. I think the, on the ultra HD is the movie. And then there's two discs of bonus features. Nice. I can't wait. Hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a difference of 10, 10 minutes, I probably could have gone and got it, but they close at eight, which is. Uh... Yeah, you know, the one thing after the pandemic, I've noticed a lot of places close a lot earlier. Do you remember when Barnes and Noble used to be open till 11? Yeah. I remember when a lot of things were open late. You know, when yeah. we were in high school, a lot of fast food was open till like 2 a.m. And oh, you, yeah. know, you could go to Home Depot after midnight. Yep. But uh, yeah. As years went yeah. on, they just scaled back hours because brick and mortar, like I drive around, I'm, I'm so frustrated that they're still building like new strip malls. Mm-hmm. It's like there's plenty of empty ones. Like, do you really need to like take up all this land with new brick and mortar? Like, doesn't seem like they're expanding. Yeah. Well, now the new thing is, is you have, I don't know, like a GameStop on the bottom and then you put apartments above it. So, they get like the double the money. I know that's what they're doing here in Idaho Springs. They're uh, the football field that used to be off the highway there. They built a new high school and the new football field up um, in the in Evergreen, basically. And um, so now they sold that and they're converting it into shops on the first level and then apartments above it. Yeah, I don't mind as much because the actual land taken up you know at least it's like the def the residential will definitely always be in use but yeah like old town arvada they you know dug up this lot and they're just it's just more like you know like where the rtd drop-off is yeah it's just like it's just more of the same like one level storefronts and you're just like this place doesn't have that much already like you're really putting the like it should be residential at least yeah, I don't care. This is yeah. Anywho, back to Lander's yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, this week we saw the menu. Brad, do you recommend the menu? I do. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty fun and interesting. It, I did feel like there was something missing from it, um, but I'll, we'll have to get into spoilers to talk about it. But um, yeah, there's a couple things I didn't like, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I feel like I knew what was going to happen in it. I never was surprised. Um, but the performances are really good, and it's uh, pretty like witty. Um, and it's a good deconstruction of um, class and um, what's important in life. Here's the trailer for The Menu. Is that going to fit everyone? Yeah, easily. 12 customers total. How do they turn a profit? 12.50 a head, that's how. What are we eating, a Rolex? It's one of his classics. 
You have to try the mouthfeel of the mignonette. Please don't say mouthfeel. Tonight will be madness. Welcome. We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. Yes, we harvest, we ferment, we gel. They gel. We gel. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is gonna be. You won't know till the end. Who are you? I am Margo. Why do you care? I have to know if you're with us or with them. This menu. The pictures, they're of us. This guest list. How do they get these? It's not good. This entire evening. Jesus Christ. This is just theater. It's stagecraft. We're leaving now. Has been painstakingly planned. This is real, isn't it? What the hell is going on? We now offer you a 45-second head start. Okay, 45 seconds starts now. This is what you're paying for. Get out of my way. It's all part of the menu. It's okay. No, we're gonna die today. Yes, we are. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. You told them it was my birthday? Seemed funny about three hours ago. Uh, I mean, the trailer actually kind of lays out the film pretty well. Um, it's a group of people that go to this really exclusive island slash restaurant slash experience to eat. Um, and it's put on by a really pretentious chef and kind of a cult of people that follow him um and when you when they go to uh dinner it slowly devolves into um something a little more sinister i guess i don't for lack of a better word you find out um, the chef has ha- has basically had a nervous breakdown and he's punishing his customers for it yeah because you have like a lot of the people are pretentious and they they um they kind of poke fun at the, the Instagram um, generation. You know what I mean? Like the, the, how do you call them foodies? I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, but that's like one aspect of it. Cause he also takes the task, uh, you know, the, uh, like the older generation for, you know, eating in his restaurant, but like not appreciating it either. Yeah. Cause yeah, he, it, like it's basically a breakdown of, it's like an hour and a half of character. it's an hour and a half of like class shaming. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they have, um, I mean they have the past, like uh, a movie star who's no longer a movie star. Um, God, who else is there? Ah, there's like an older couple who's there like a bunch of different times, and one like the, yeah. the husband has is having an affair with somebody. Uh, there's a bunch of like tech bros who are yeah. friends of the guy who owns the restaurant technically um yeah there's a uh, one other per- oh like his mom's there uh the chef's mom yeah and and they 
and I mean, uh, oh, and the re- re- there was the reviewers. Yeah, and the Anya Taylor Joy who plays uh, Margot. She's, um, I guess we're in spoilers. She's not really who she says she is. Um, she's actually an escort. Um, but th- I guess that's the twist too. With uh, I'm so bad at remembering fucking people's names. <laughs> um, uh, Hank McCoy. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Holt's character. Yeah, uh, Tyler. Thank you. Slowly coming back to me. Um, so uh, t- Tyler is yeah. a, a, a super fan of the chef, and he yeah. invites Margot. And you you quickly learn that uh, his like like probably girlfriend or other girl on the side was supposed to go. And then Margot realizes that when she gets there, like she, like she thought she was his girl, and so it's mm-hmm. already like off on the wrong foot. <laughs> and then uh. Yeah, the the people at the restaurant didn't expect her either. So, like, they have this plan. They're they're and they're sort of off put by her. So she's uh, making yeah, everyone she, in the in the film uneasy. And she also and she has a connection to the old couple. Yeah, and she doesn't eat the food, which kind of pisses off uh, Slowick. You know, um, so yeah, chef chef Slowick. Yeah. So it's uh. Yeah, it's interesting um, because she kind of sees through all the pretentiousness um, of it. Pretentiousness of it, yeah, exactly. And towards the end, when you know you find out she's Aaron as her real name, and um, From you know she, Boston, yeah, she just really wants, uh, you know, the only thing she wants to eat is a hamburger and French fries. She wants to strip it of all the pretentiousness <laughs> and the and the jail and well, she only wants uh, it so because she figured out a way to get out of the predicament. Because we haven't said that uh, he he's the chef has invited everyone there to kill them, and yeah. they have to sit through it and want like and enjoy all the courses up to the eventual you know, like demise. And uh, unfortunately, she's a part of that, but she finds a way by digging through his past to trick him into letting her go yeah because i mean he's uh as a character he's he he's really lashing out on everybody and ray fines is great in it um he's lashing out on them but he also (laughs) he believes his own hype and um so he when when margo slash aaron challenges him you know he kind of reverts to that well, I'll show you. I can even make this really good. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, he's also he's also like reached the end of his career where he f- doesn't feel challenged. So her uh, her challenge of hey, go back to basics and do this really yeah. simple thing that's not basically all the courses he provides for everyone is like food absent. So when she actually provide something that has some substance to uh, it. He, he kind of enjoys it. And that's how, you know, he convinces him to let her go. Yeah. I, I do like uh, I all of uh, Ray Fine's kind of, I don't know if you'd say, I guess they're monologues, you know, throughout the um, course of the film are, are fun. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's, it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, 
I, I don't know. Were you ever like shocked by anything you're watching? Or did you have a pretty good idea as you were watching it was going to unfold? I wasn't shocked. I was hoping there was more of a, I, I was, I was hoping for more of a surprise, you know, but three quarters of the way through when I realized, Oh, this is really just his mental breakdown. And you're just watching him punish people. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay, there's nothing more to this. And I, I, you know, I did enjoy how uh, Margot figured out a way to get out of there. Um, and how the the rich people just accepted their fate finally, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I did I did understand uh, like Chef had this assistant who kept everyone in line, and then when Margot you know gets the direction to go get that barrel, like she follows her there, and then like oh yeah feels threatened that Margot's going to replace her, and I'm just like, well, you committed to dying with everyone else <laughs> in Chef. Like, why do you care if she replaces you? Because you. you the end game of this, like you expected to die tonight, right? <laughs> like, yeah, and I, I don't know the lady who plays Elsa, but she's really good. Yeah, and um, then um, also like Margot, like, so the the restaurant has a like a duplicate in the in the chef's home, and when Margot goes get the barrel from the chef's home, she tries to like she goes inside the for, like the forbidden door, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, well, is that room also recreated in in the restaurant? Because mm. when she first got to the restaurant, they made a big deal about her. Like, you can't go into that one because there's something special in there. But she went into the other one. Yeah, you're right. So I'm like, why? Why was? Is, does the restaurant have the same thing? Like, why is why is that one special? Mm. Yeah, you're right. So that was confusing. Um, but yeah, and and all the f- food, uh, absent or not, was really beautiful. Like, I like their little interstitials where they describe. Uh, the course and then it'll have like a fun thing of like I forget yeah. they were but they had like a little additional things like like did not sit well with her uh, yeah I forget what they were but they had like little PS's to them that were really funny yeah I can't remember either but it's like it's a fun movie and I I like that it moves pretty quickly I don't think it really drags yeah um, you know I guess I, I guess my one thing is I wish it was more of you know, the most dangerous game and is more like hunting people, but that's just the horror element in me that I want to see. Or more specific, like yeah. overall is pretty like the tech bros, like their story kind of resolves pretty early on. Like they end up just being along for the ride after they discovered like their bank accounts are on on the tortillas. And then they yeah. just complain the rest of the time. And then you know the only reason John Leguizamo is like being killed is because like he didn't like his performance in a movie. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't feel like the same level of scrutiny that the uh, other people there are going through. So it was kind of, yeah, I, he, I, I don't, that's one where I like, I don't think he should be here, but you know, yeah. Cause like some of the people you get it. Yeah, you're right. But the other ones, like even, I mean, uh, Nicholas Holt's character, you know, kills himself. You're just like, okay. <laughs> I actually thought that was pretty brutal. Like, he said something that they couldn't even put on screen that convinced him to go inside the food closet and hang himself. Like, ooh, wow, yeah. okay. But yeah, it just felt like what could but possibly... But he worked so hard to be part of them, you know what I mean? Well, I... so... did he work hard? Because if he had worked hard, he probably would have impressed them. <laughs> but... <laughs> Chef exposed just how, you know, how much just following him on TV and socials isn't going to turn him into this 
you know, chef even close to his level. So, I mean, but I mean, what I mean is like, it was months of corresponding with him. So, and knowing that he is like, he was going to kill everyone there too. So true. Like he said, like, I told you everyone's going to die tonight and you agreed to come. And like, you dragged Margo into this on purpose. Yeah. Which, that, which, I mean, I guess, which I thought was awesome. Like, like, uh, awesomely like devastating to like hear from him. Mm. Yeah. And like poor Margo, Margo's just like, I can't believe I fell for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I, I didn't buy that that entire chef's crew would be on board with this. <laughs> like, that's a lot of people to be like, I know. Yeah, let's all die for this guy tonight. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Very like <laughs> culty. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what it's supposed to be, too, I guess. Right. I mean, that they're part of this uh, cult that um, of worshiping a chef. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. I thought it was good, but yeah, there's a couple things where I was like, "This doesn't add it for me," and this seems excessive. But yeah, I, that, I, I wish I wish there was more of a uh, more mystery to it. I guess. Yeah, more more meat on the bone. Hey, there you yeah. go. But send it's still it, send it back. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I had fun watching it. I mean, I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. I just, I guess, I just wanted more. Yeah. But it, I, I mean, it's different. I mean. Um, it's always interesting to see different films and I mean, there's nothing else we could really watch. So it works out well. Cool. Unlike this week where we're starting to get a ton of stuff to watch. I know, but you know, I think this week will help because, you know, besides Avatar in December there, I don't know how much more there is really. Yeah. You probably stretch this week out for a couple. So because we got Fablemans and Strange World and something else. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, Bones and All. Bones and All, yep. Devotion. Sure. Which I actually heard is good. Yeah. Um, And then the next week is Violent Night, which I think looks really fun. Oh, definitely, yep. Um, but then, I don't know, what is Empire of Light? Oh, that, I, that's the... I. I I think two weeks ago on the podcast, it was the one I saw at the Denver Film Festival with Olivia Coleman and. Oh, that's right. You did mention that. Sam Mendes. Like it, yeah. sounded, it sounded familiar. Um, that's the only one opening the week before Avatar. So. Yeah. We can have a few spread out. And the good thing about December is <laughs> everything, uh, you know, plays for a while. Well, what am I talking about? Puss in Boots opens the same week as fucking Avatar. Oh, screw Avatar. We're seeing Puss in Boots. <laughs> Dude, Avatar is three hours and ten minutes. But so is Babylon. So, I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> that should take us to the end of the year. Um, well, Babylon has Margot Robbie, so. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely see it. That Avatar doesn't have that. No, I mean, I'll see Avatar, too. But I think it's interesting that it's considered, you know, a film, but every preview I've seen, it just seems like a huge animated film. So <laughs> I don't know. Right. And, and and like so, I uh Cameron is starting to do the media rounds because you know he has to. And I go, man, this guy is such an ass clown. <laughs> and I mean he makes cool movies. I'm not saying he doesn't. 
Yeah, Terminator 2 is like one of the greatest ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, I mean, I, I think Aliens is great. Um, I think the first Terminator is awesome. But he is definitely full of himself. And I mean, I there's the making on, if you get the Aliens anthology, um, there's a making of Aliens where every, like, his, the crew's going to quit because he's such an asshole. And I'm like, dude, you. And he even mentioned in an interview I was reading a couple days ago that he says, yeah, it's kind of mean in uh a long time ago but now i'm not as mean i said dude really that's like your thing is you get off being an asshole what a douche and it, like i still think that he 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 must have some dirt on like every studio in hollywood because the way that he just placate to him he even said in an interview on the hollywood reporter that uh this the Avatar Way of the Water needs to be the fourth or fifth highest grossing movie of all time to turn a profit. It's quite a gamble. Which means it has to make like two point one billion dollars. So yeah, I, I read the comments and there's people out there that are super psyched about this. I know. Do you think that maybe I just missed the boat on it? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch it again this week or maybe next week before we see it. Because I don't remember liking the first Avatar that much, but yeah, it came out when we were just like turning into our 30s, and I think mm-hmm. the people who were nuts about it probably saw it when they were in high school, like 18, mm-hmm. 20. So yeah, I think all this time has passed, and it would probably be a nostalgia buy for them. Oh, yeah, you might be right. I mean, I, I know I've said this before on the podcast, but I've never purchased it. My dad gave me his Blu-ray because he was getting rid of his Blu-rays. And there it sat on my shelf for years. <laughs> never moved. I've never seen it, so. Oh. I mean, if you go on Disney Plus right now, it's there's a whole freaking like subsection devoted to it. Hmm. Block out three hours for Avatar One or watch more reruns of The Office. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tough call. What do I want to do? <laughs> Definitely hey, be those know, re- office reruns. Huh? You know what's fun? Is I'm so good at segues. Here's the big news story of the week. It's real news. So Disney sh- shook up their CEO. Um, they they told Bob Chapik to get out, and Iger, you're back in, bro, because the other guys uh, ruined our Disney brand. <laughs> I uh, I I guess I wasn't following closely enough. What did he do? That was wrong. Well, he, um, see, when you're in a performance-based business like Disney, um, you need to make sure that you're making money. And when you don't make money and you have lots of controversies behind what you've done, um, you're not going to last. And it's, um, you know, you're, you're, the board members can get rid of you. So if the board members think you're not doing what's best for the company, like they thought for him, they told him to get the, get the fuck out. Um, so but, he uh, was yeah. Really like, what, well, how was he not making money though? Cause it seems like Disney's a, a foolproof money-making brand. Uh, yeah. So they, um, here, let me get to, cause I don't want to misquote. When Iger took over in 2005, Disney's market cap was $55 billion. 
and then it rose to 260 billion in January of 2020 and then fell to 167 billion. I mean, that's still tons of money, but you cost them a hundred billion dollars. Um, and there's also rumblings throughout, uh, well, not really rumblings, true facts that, um, JPEG's reputation, um, amongst like people that work in the industry took a really big hit when he feuded with Scarlett Johansson. Remember that? Mm. <laughs> and she about the, uh, day. And so they released black widow on Disney plus and in theaters, which she said cost her money and they kind of, um, didn't tell her about it. And she filed a lawsuit against them and she ended up settling with them by um i mean i don't know if there's more black widow things but she's going to be a producer on marvel stuff so um and they had to pay her something like 60 million dollars if i remember right so uh, i guess really he fractured relationships within the industry and he also um was really slow to react to florida's laws about you know that don't say gay bill or whatever they call it and not really um, being a strong leader in a company that, you know, if you have the opportunity, you're, you're, you're going to turn a profit. And I mean, Disney plus is hemorrhaging money and which, which I've always said, I mean, they have something like 254 million subscribers, which is a lot, but how do you uh, monetize streaming? It's all through the revenue of people who pay monthly. But, you know, you can say the streaming numbers are really high, but you're not generating money after the fact. So, I don't know. I think it's a big issue. And I I think in just the last um, year or so, I think we've seen the fallout of streaming, where eventually it hits a certain high and it, it, it can't get any higher. And Disney doesn't have a variety of programs because they limit themselves to mostly family friendly stuff. So, you know, Mm -hmm. all the other ones have a lot of different audiences they can cater to. And Disney's, you know, just got like National Geographic, Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, which you you saw they they've tried lately um, because now if you want adult content on your Disney plus, you have to have a, um, password which is fine um but they just started putting you know deadpool and things like that on and even like pg-13 movies yeah which you which you actually need a parental like lock on even stuff like turning red i had to um watch on mine because on kellen's it wasn't on there because it deals with girls and their periods which is bizarre. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you need a lock for that, but okay. Yeah, so I think it's just, I think with, with him, it's just a lot of missteps and not understanding exactly what people want. While Disney is still profitable, and you know, getting through the pandemic was probably a pain in the ass. Um, but if you don't lead the right way, and people lose faith in you as a leader, then you're fucked. <laughs> So they bring a guy back who everybody likes. Now is yeah the big news story of the week, which took a really shocking turn. 
And we- uh, they're obviously right because when they reinstated Bob Iger, their stock like soared. So, well, that's like saying you're going to make a new Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know Bob Iger is like beloved in the industry. So yeah, he oversaw all those all Star Wars and Marvel acquisitions. So exactly, and the 20th Century Fox one. But what's you know what else is there to acquire? So it should be interesting to see if he can. His uh, second act, what's his second act going to be to turn things around? Yeah, I mean, I he heard, has his work cut out, but... I heard the parks are hurting. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, That's not true? No, I mean, they might be, but I mean, I know they keep on reaching, um, like, capacity and stuff, and but they're also raising the prices. So, I mean, they're going to eventually price people out if they're not careful. That's why I heard was the problem is they're they're basically pressing people out. Only the wealthy can go, you know. Yeah. So did uh, we uh, yeah. did we uh, talk about Kevin Conroy last week for our big news story? I can't remember. You know, Kevin Conroy passing away is um, well. I know for you too. I mean, Michael Keaton was obviously our first Batman. Uh, personally, I mean. We had Adam West and stuff, but you know Michael Keaton was the first Batman I remember ad- identifying with. Um, but the Batman I hear when I close my eyes and read comic books is Kevin Conroy. Um, his performance is, I mean, second to none. Iconic. And I know, and I love learning that his favorite episode of, um. The animated series is what a lot of the producers and writers is too, in which episode we've talked about a lot is um, Perchance to Dream, hmm. um, which he liked it because he was able to be, you know, happy Bruce Wayne and kind of go through the emotions in one episode. And I agree. And I, and we've talked about it before is an episode where can I read in my dreams? <laughs> um, I know. And I think I, I think I can. But then I also saying, am I, or am I just remembering thinking that I'm reading in dreams? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and yeah, but- it, it gave the Mad Hatter a cool story, and he was never really that cool of a villain before. Um, and, uh, but I, one of my, uh, favorite panels I've ever done, and, um, you, you were there, Brad, um, is that year that he came to Denver Comic-Con, he was in that huge room and it was full. And I gave him our Real Nerds 2014 shirt because it oh, was right. Batman um, Batman uh, themed. And I'll, I'll never forget that um, I like to get there early in case, you know, the celebrities have any requests that they, you know, hey, can you talk about this project I'm working on or Something like that, you know what I mean? So I always go through that the same way uh, of, hi, I'm Ryan, I'm your moderator. Is there anything you'd like me to talk about, not talk about? Um, did you want me to talk the whole time or do you want me to turn it over to the for a QA? and um, You know, the standard, I think, Comic-Con questions. And I have done, I don't know, Brad, how many panels do you think I've done? At least 50, 60 panels? Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the hundreds. I don't know. Um, but I 
I can count maybe on one hand the people, the celebrities that were there early. And I'm not saying it's their fault. Sometimes it's hard for them to like leave their signings or um, they're always probably stopped and stuff like that. So I got there early like I always do. And I went behind the stage and I remember he came around the corner and I did the, and I, I'm a huge fanboy. Like I love the animated series. So I tried to be cool and I said, you know, Hey, Mr. Conroy, I'm Ryan. I'm, you know, doing your panel. And he answered me in like, not Batman, but Bruce Wayne's voice where he said, well, thank you, Ryan. And I said, Hey, we have this goofy shirt too. If you want it. Oh yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you. And he probably threw it away when he left the stage and that's fine. (laughs) Um, But that he was that gracious uh, when we, uh, when I gave it to him and his to clean panel, his shoes at the airport. <laughs> yeah. And then threw it away. That's fine. <laughs> um, but he was like so gracious. And I remember he was so funny and I had this little nugget that I was going to um, tell him or ask him about was when I was doing re- research for the panel, I learned that he attended Juilliard and he was also an opera singer. And like one of the last things I asked him was about, I made sure I was the last question that was asked of him because everybody did their thing and um, he was so funny and nice. And then I brought up him being an opera singer and Brad, you remember when he totally busted out in full opera singing mode and everybody got quiet. And then when he was done, the whole place just blew up and cheered and it was awesome. Um, it, yeah, it's one of, I got to film that thing, so I probably have it on on camera somewhere. Yeah, you should try to find that. I mean, it's one of the coolest panels I've ever done. Um, he was so nice, and it's just—I don't know—it's one of the ones I enjoyed the most, um, just because of who he was and how much he meant to me growing up. I mean, I used to watch the cartoon at night when it debuted, and then when it's on reruns. I mean, I, I watched it constantly and i still watch it i freaking love that i think it's the definitive version of batman um but yeah i mean i I don't know if you have anything to add because i know batman's kind of your guy yeah like like you uh, in the early 90s i watched that religiously and obviously i didn't get to you know meet him like you did because i was out in the audience just filming but um it was still cool to see him and he seemed like a cool guy and just I, I I I assumed he was older, but yeah, sixty six, man. That's, uh, that's young. not much older than us. And uh, no, and I mean that's why you know cancer sucks. It, it's interesting, you know. Chadwick Boseman um, also had cancer, and he kind of died quietly. And so too did Kevin Conroy. You know, they never said anything. In fact, I mean, he's he's still voicing Batman in the cartoons and in the video games. Yeah. So he kept it to himself. Um, he also wrote a really great story. Uh, he's also a gay man and he wrote how coming out was hard for him. Um, but how being Batman helped him gain confidence. It's a great story. You can, um, you can pick it up. Uh, it's in, uh, fuck. I have the comic. Um, give me a second so I can give people the correct information. Um, but yeah, I you know it's just like you lose someone so like iconic is um you know is is tough. 
Yeah, I didn't really think about it until people said it, but he got to play Batman the most on film and TV, you know? Yeah. Cool. So it's in um, uh, DC Pride, which... um, So it's a really cool, um, basically, anthology book that they have where it highlights LGBTQ plus... um, people and a lot of the creators on it are from that community and they each tell a story and his story is called finding Batman. And, um, and it's just a really heartwarming story and that he wrote that you should definitely check out. And, um, I would just say, check it out. It's the DC pride 2022 and it, came out man not even that long ago it came out in june um so i i mean i if you have an opportunity pick it up because the rest of the stories are great too and his story is really personal and freaking touching and amazing um so yeah seek that out as well hello so to so many people yeah, so I, I just remembered uh, another tragedy uh, tangentially related to us at Denver Comic Con. Uh, the Green Ranger died this week. I know. Um, this one a, a suicide. <laughs> I know it's, that stuff is always sad. Um, yeah, I. But yeah, did you had that G- panel as Jason well. David I did, Frank. Yeah, I did a huge panel. It was like their twenty fifth anniversary, I think. Um, with him and Amy Jo Johnson, and he was funny and nice and it's just another one where it's you know the suicide thing is heartbreaking and you never want to see it and no matter how happy or famous someone appears to be you never know what they're going on in the inside so if you need help make sure you reach out for it Um, because even the strongest people or who appear to be the strongest are suffering you know yeah he's arguably the most famous and most popular ranger of the entire series and oh yeah i mean not even that um, is enough to you know make him happy i guess yeah it, it's interesting because he, um I, I was never into power rangers so when i got picked to do that panel i was kind of shocked um i mean I, I tangentially knew about it i didn't, just didn't wasn't a fan um but um, when I was there, I realized how big of a deal it was. You know what I mean? That I'm in one, I was in <laughs> uh, the Belco theater with, I don't know how many thousands of people and that they, um, I, I remember he was late and I was talking to Amy Jo Johnson and I said, did you want to wait um, for him or you want to just go out? And she said, Ooh, I don't know. We can just go out and we'll see if he can make it. And I mean, they're always pulled in a hundred different directions. So I remember talking to her and he came out maybe five, 10 minutes into somewhere in that vicinity. And I mean, the whole audience like cheered and chanted his name and he was really funny. And um, of course he was gracious and apologized and all that stuff. So um, yeah, you know, some of our friends posted pictures with him and stuff. So he's uh, well known and well liked in the community and it's, it's just a tragedy. And then you learn that he had four kids and it just breaks your heart. Oh man. Yeah. So two people that we've met, well, I mean, I've met and that we've been involved with and 
that's why you, you know never take life for granted always enjoy what well, while you're here and um be a good person is all i can say wise Anywho. words <laughs> um hey brad what's the one thing you want to recommend this week so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching uh do you want me to talk about she said or her furious yeah. seven uh can we do she said that one seems more interesting to me (laughs) (laughs) uh i'll just say furious seven i've finally seen all the furious movies now and it's fun it's probably the peak of that franchise right there uh she Mm. said um let's uh let's throw up the gong or the horn or something to mark that i got to see a movie in the theater by myself completely oh wow this one so yeah uh Get all the, the sirens out because uh, <laughs> Mark, this is a monumental achievement. That's awesome. A, a rare occasion. Uh, sadly, not a film I would want that to happen for. Um, kind of important subject matter. But I will say it's kind of a difficult movie to make when I'd say two thirds of it are, hey, we're, we're traveling around and trying to talk to people who don't want to talk to us. Mm. Um, and then the like the climax of the movie is literally the writers and the editors staring at a computer screen proofreading it. <laughs> um, mm. So like that stuff is pretty weak. You know, like they're they're looking at the screen, checking all the, the grammar and like the, the, the synth, the, the music is swelling to make it seem more intense than it is, but it is kind of funny. Just like watch like five or six people looking at one monitor, trying to make sure that the article and the information is correct. And you can't read it yourself. You're just watching these actors oh. do it. Um, there are a couple of real life um, victims like Ashley Judd are in the movie. And so they get to be, they get to portray the actual, I, I didn't even say like what this movie is about. Did I No. we're just assuming that people listening right now know what I'm talking about. Uh, she yeah, said, I guess you are. <laughs> it's uh, a, uh, a, a dramatic retelling of the um, uh, Harvey Weinstein scandal. Um so it's not a documentary. It's um, uh, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan playing the New York Times writers who broke the story, and they published a book about their experience breaking that story. Um, and this movie is based on that book. And uh, so, yeah, they go around, and like, most of the movie is they travel. They try to pick up leads, and they travel to go get actual on-the-record people, and everyone's saying no. Cause they don't want to, you know, they fear the backlash from Harvey or just the backlash from the public. Um, and so, uh, but yeah. How they did have... they get wind of the story first? I, I mean, I know that it broke, but I don't know the like intricacies of it. Uh, God, Is it the family guy joke? <laughs> <laughs> What's the family guy joke? Uh, they, uh, Seth MacFarlane mentions it at the Oscars. <laughs> oh, no, I can't remember the actual first, because the movie starts out as a prologue when, like, uh, the one writer's covering the Trump campaign, mm-hmm. and, uh, like, those accusations did nothing, and they went nowhere, um, and yeah. so, yeah, I forget what the, this other post writer, the Zoe Kazan one, she picks up on something, and then uh, the other one, Carrie Mulligan's, like, off on maternity leave, and she's so, like, depressed, um, you know, that nothing she did mattered. And so she reluctantly jumps on board with this story. And I, yeah, I can't remember what the first thing was. 
Um, I think it was just someone's, uh, like a phone call or something. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it just like one accusation, like snowballs into this and they just pick up on more and more leads and they travel and, um, then they start to, uh, just meet these women and they tell their story and, um, yeah, the, some of them are actual people like Ashley Judd and, uh, like, uh, they also, uh, like fake Harvey Weinstein and some other people. Um, and I can't tell if some of the phone calls they, cause some of the phone calls sound like the actual recordings of things. So, uh, there might be some actuality in there. Um, there's like Rose McGowan's in there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if they do a good blending of like, I felt like they're real, but they might be recreated for gotcha. legal reasons. Um, but like, like I said, it's just, it's, you know, they go to this one woman, she just want to talk. Um, and also, uh, a lot of them don't want to talk because they have confidentiality agreements that they can't break. Mm. Um, and I, it basically comes down to, they find one woman who didn't agree to that and got away. So she got to be on the record and then Ashley Judd just decided, uh, damn the agreement. I'm going to put this out there anyway. So yeah, there was like some woman, uh, in English, I think she was British. Yeah. Um, she just happened to escape him and didn't get the contract made and signed. And there's like different aspects of like how gross the contracts were. Um, like they couldn't like even go to HR with like other problems or they couldn't like talk to therapists about anything. Um, um they're like really restrictive. So, um, they get a, they do a good job of showing how overreaching and, uh, heinous, uh, Weinstein was towards these women. So. Interesting. Yeah. But like I said, it's, I think it would be more effective as a, like you, You'd rather just watch the documentary and have the real stuff mm. in there than um, just kind of watching these two, like these actors, just you know, recreate things that can't go anywhere. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Seeing it's what I'm going to see for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's important, but yeah, it's I don't know if, I don't know if it's the best realization of that that story. I think. You almost kind of sit there, like, hoping, like, you don't hope, but, like, you're sitting there just thinking, like, oh, I wish the drama was a little higher for this. Because there's, like, one part where Zoe Kassan's, like, walking down the street because she just talked to uh, the CFO of Miramax. And mm-hmm. that guy is super spooked and doesn't, like, he's being really vague about everything, but he still agrees to go to, like, lunch. And so when the, he ends the meeting after like five minutes she's walking down the street and there's like a suburban that's like following her and that you know that's this that's the extent of maybe harvey weinstein has like all these strings he can pull to like threaten to like murder people you know mm-hmm. wow but in real life you're probably like yeah that that's like that could just be a coincidence you know like there's nothing yeah. that heinous it's just a lot of him being awful in phone calls and obviously the accounts of how like the women are like physically abused. So 
you know, the movie never shows that. It's, it's always just through the audio. So, gotcha. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The one thing I'll recommend is actually I got I uh, was told to watch this movie from Carol Hart. Um, it's called See How They Run, and it is a murder mystery starring Sam Rockwell and Shershi. How do you? I always Shershi Ronan. Shershi Ronan, yeah, as two police officers that are investigating the murder of Adrian Brody, who plays a director from Hollywood who is in England to watch an Agatha Christie play called Mousetrap that he's adapting for um, the big screen. And it's not a spoiler that Adrian Brody is the one who's murdered because he's murdered in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Um, And uh, it's kind of like um, Knives Out, but a little sillier um, where the there's a lot of goofiness to it um mixed in with a murder mystery where um you know knives out it's really character driven and the characters they're while they're funny they're a little more um i don't know the right word how to describe it but the movie looks great um it takes place in the 1950s in london uh and there's just a lot of little clever dialogue to it uh that uh the it's just fun like i don't know <laughs> the best way to describe it um yeah you're just following these two detectives throughout them trying to solve it and there's there's kind of funny things where um the writer of the movie who is also the writer of the play said man flashbacks are so lazy and then the movie will go into a flashback uh to, to describe it um th- there's a couple things where i saw coming a mile away and I, I thought the the resolution of the murder mystery wasn't as cool as i th- that they originally presented it um but they also presented it in a way where there's character traits that are exploited or exposed and they come back to bite certain characters in the butt throughout the movie so it's really fun. The production design is really cool. The acting in it's really great. So if you want to watch, because I mean, I don't know. Would you even say Knives Out is a serious movie? I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess the best way is it's. I'd say it's a comedy. Yeah, it's a little sillier though. Uh, see how they run's a little sillier. Um, yeah, I want to I see it. It just fell on like a bad spot in the calendar for me. Yeah, it just happened to show up on HBO Max. So. Um, which is weird because it's a searchlight film. So I guess Disney loans out the f- Fox stuff. <laughs> well, I think that with the history of HBO, like, you know, cause before HBO max, they, they were taking movies from all studios for cable, you know? So I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they still, they probably, you're probably right. It's probably the cable rights too. Cause I'm, I'm guessing they show it on HBO as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because it's hard because I don't want to spoil the movie, you know. Uh, but just know it's it's pretty fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it looked a little slapsticky in the trailer, if I remember yeah. correctly. And yeah, and that's that's a good way to say it. it's not over slapsticky, but there is some pretty silly moments in it. But yeah, it's 
like I said, I wish that the, the the one I actually wish they went one way with the the resolution of the mystery that happens about three quarters of the way through. And you know, I, I knew it wasn't gonna end up that way because of how much time felt like there was left in the film. Um but it was fun. And the character and the costume designs were really cool. And there's uh yeah. It's also kind of meta with how it all plays out. So yeah, you should see, see how they run. Yeah. Next time I get HBO max, I'll put it on the list. Cool. Um, speaking of which our film of the week next week is, is are we're doing knives out next week. Yeah. I totally forgot. Uh, I was going to say Fableman's, but yeah, the knives out is kind of a one week deal. So we should probably get our asses. T- I, I already have yeah. my tickets for uh, Westminster on Thursday. Yeah, I might do it Thursday too. I mean, I'm working, but um, Laura and my kid are going to her mom. So I'll, when I get off work, I'm guessing I might be by myself or they might be asleep. So, yeah, I think I did the latest showing, which is like 10 or 11. So if you want to join me, oh, yeah, for sure. If I can get down there, I'll definitely do it. Uh, But yeah, they're all at Westminster, which is kind of rough, but that's okay. But uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of like a one-week engagement, so we can do Fablemans or Strange World or whatever following weeks. Perfect. Well, cool, Brad. Thanks uh, for doing a, uh, the podcast a little later tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, always. Gives me more time to do stuff, too. So. Cool. Uh, and I, uh, yeah. I'll do my best to get it out there relatively soon it's okay you have you're working on a movie i can't believe and uh films in 2012 went by for like a whole two weeks before anyone said anything that was the one from 10 years ago oh it's funny i was talking to carol actually this morning she said she said oh so nice to hear you three again i said oh yeah we accidentally put the wrong one in the feed she said she said oh i thought you were gonna let us listen to the old one and then the new one would come on which i actually think is not a bad idea um i mean be yeah, six I, hours but oh as one incomplete episode yeah that'd be yeah. that'd be maybe something. we can keep them separate then we can do like a bonus one where they're together i don't know yeah all i know is i, I put the the real new one back into its place so if, if you're on stitcher like me and uh you just go back like listen to the old one all the way through or, or skip to the end and then replay it it should play the new one in its place so um but yeah we probably should just like put a link to from the Facebook page of the old agreed old ones when they come out, I guess. Cool. But See you yeah. at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd can follow the plot. And a real nerd look at all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.